Well, hello, friends. You're listening to the Star City Podcast, and I'm Brian Smith, and I'll be your host for the next few minutes as we join in together in a conversation about a new ministry that is beginning to make a real difference on one of the most difficult of all mission fields, America's college campuses. We're talking with Dr. John Brock and Alan Tate and the ministry that they lead called The Well. Guys, welcome, and thank you for jumping in with us today as we talk about a ministry that God started right there in your own mission field of Florence, Alabama. Thank you, Brian. We are glad to be here. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you for giving us a little bit of time in the middle of your day. And, and John, as you know, we go, you and I go all the way back in our friendship, our seminary days at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And you've been now pastor of Highlands Baptist Church right there in Florence, Alabama for 20 years, which uh, is really the vast majority of your ministry as a pastor of a local Southern Baptist church. Uh, but ministering to and hey, reaching college students, John, well, well, that really wasn't exactly at the top of yours or my ministry vision back in seminary days? Well, no, I don't know that it was. I was not ever in a context to reach a lot of college students um, until we came here. And when the Lord brought us here to Highland Baptist Church uh, just a little over 20 years ago, we found ourselves about uh, 10 blocks from uh, about five or 6,000 college and university students. And that's when the sort of the, the passion to begin reaching college students began to take shape for me. Now, Alan, you began your ministry with John there at Highlands, uh, according to the um, uh, background of the well ministry. Uh, you began there with John at Highlands Baptist Church all the way back to 2010, I believe. Uh, and you came as their, uh, if I remember right, you're the first full-time minister to college students there with that congregation. Uh, what was it about the church and its college ministry or, or John's vision or your connection with him at the time that God used to uh, seal your call to come to Highlands? Yeah, so God had already gripped my heart with just the strategic nature of uh, the university campus. I'd served uh, three years in Kentucky at the University of Kentucky, and um, my wife and I both are from Alabama. And so when John called with this opportunity, it, it was really exciting because Highland had a, a reputation of doing college ministry for uh, the better part of the, the last eight years or so prior to, to that phone call or, or, or those conversations. Um, and my conversations with John were exciting because ultimately what he was sharing with me was that Hein was ready to take its next step in uh, not just bringing someone on full time, but but really beginning to go after uh, that university campus here in, in Florence uh, just on another level. So it was, it was incredibly exciting. Well, guys, uh, take a minute and explain what the ministry of the well is all about. What is the well? Well, when uh, within a, a few years after I got here, we had a student minister who did youth and college, and he began a college Bible study that grew from very quickly from about eight or ten college students in a, in a small group Bible study to you know, nearly 100 and over 100 and almost 300 in a worship service that he simply called the well. And so we had been doing, before Alan got here, we'd been doing a collegiate-based uh, worship service called the well for a while. And uh, so the name has been around. It predates Alan. It predates the current vision. Uh, but it was really just a worship service. And then in, in 2015, God really began to uh, moving Allen's heart, and then uh, then subsequently in mine, 
to begin to take another pretty big and aggressive step toward reaching college students. Alan, um, how did you build on that that ministry vision with John when you came? Uh, since the name of the ministry was already established and and it was it was just uh, uh, basically a worship service, um, what did you see when you came? Uh, the majority of the ministry was kind of centered around that Tuesday night service, and so um, we began to just implement other other just normal ministry areas that we knew were markers of significant significant health and discipleship. So things like uh, just college leadership groups, uh, beginning to do some leadership development, uh, small group ministry, trying to get those students down into uh, more significant small group uh, mission opportunities, because uh, we know how significant cross-cultural experiences are in shaping not just our faith, but just the way that we look at the world. Uh, and so those first I guess four years from 2010 to 2014 was really around trying to build out the rest of what we would consider a a, a healthy uh, ministry mindset towards those university students. Uh, That's really what we were doing. Uh, John, uh, how did your church family there at Highland respond to your ministry vision when you began uh, investing and leading them to invest uh, in a group of college students by calling your first full-time college minister uh, to to work with you, to work with the church and those students, um, when there were really so many other ministry opportunities and probably needs uh, of families uh, who lived right there full-time in your own city and community as compared to college students who are typically very transitional and they're there for a semester or a few years and, and then they're gone. Highlands always uh, engage that university campus to some degree. There's always been some connection, even back long before our arrival here, there's been some connection to the campus. So it wasn't totally foreign to them, but the level of investment that we began to suggest was very different to them, uh, for them, um, in large part because it was a sort of preconceived idea that college students don't give anything back. And so why would we invest that many, much of our resources in a ministry that doesn't really give anything back to us? Well, there are a couple of things wrong with that. Number one, uh, this is a kingdom vision. We're about more than just what they can give back to us. And secondly, it's a misconception that college students don't give anything and don't give back. Uh, so it took us a little while because some people said, you know, we don't need to invest that much in college ministry even had one guy suggest that in a meeting one day that we just needed to give more money to the local BCM and let them do it. But it just, that wasn't a, a workable solution for me because we were 10 blocks from college, you know, thousands of college students and it's an incredible mission field. And so it took our people some time to sort of begin to get their mind around that vision, some of them. Um, and it just took time and, and consistency in our challenging them and, and helping them come you know, begin to come in, come into that vision. Um, you know, guys, there's so much in the news these days about the hostility of America's colleges toward Christian ministries, churches, and, and values. Did you have the support from the college administration since Highland already had a a long term connection, uh, uh, although loosely, uh, in helping the students and supporting them at the at the college, uh, or or did you find yourself having to maneuver waters where 
people were somewhat suspicious about anything that would be called a Christian ministry to college students. You know, most people think that the idea of a Southern Baptist church planting a collegiate church right on their own college campus would probably make a lot of college administration departments nervous. Thankfully, Brian, uh, that, that's not been the case to this point, primarily with these the, the university administrations we've dealt with, and even more so here in Florence at, at the University of North Alabama. Um, and one of the main reasons why is because we we sit down with those student engagement departments, and one of the biggest issues facing universities, um, and almost every university you, you engage with, uh, is the issue of retention. They're trying to keep students on the campus, and, and they know uh, that the higher their engagement is, higher, higher that student's engagement is outside of the classroom, the more opportunity that they have to keep them on the campus. And so what, what we're able to do is come alongside the, the university and work within the bounds of the university, uh, the bounds that the university certainly sets within their student engagement office um, and engage students uh, while also helping the university achieve some of its goals, which is ultimately retention. And so um, actually, uh, we, we view our relationship with the university more in partnership, and I think from that standpoint, uh, we, we've been able to build a lot of bridges where other folks may uh, may see that um, in ways I would say that other folks may not actually see uh, as possible. So, so you have the benefit and the blessing, the advantage then of of having a, a good relationship of mutual respect with the uh, administration there at the college, with some mutually uh, shared goals that are helpful for them and and fits in your ministry profile and and mission vision for uh the well there at the uh, at the school but if you're trying to start a christian ministry in an environment where m- maybe it's hostile from the very beginning just because it has the word church or christian or baptist in it what if what would you say to somebody that is that is running into some definite cold shoulders and opposition in trying to uh, engage students on a, their college campus. Uh, anything that you've learned or gleaned, Alan and John, from your experience there of the well that you could share with somebody else? Yeah, I think the, the first thing is uh, to to seek to seek that partnership, even even if those initial conversations are are difficult or if you feel like you're kept at a distance, you certainly want to continue to seek those partnerships um, because ultimately that trust is going to be built over time uh, and they're going to they're they're going to have to recognize over time uh, your value to the university and to to their goals as well. Um, I, I would say on the the student side of that outside of the outside of the administration, uh, you know from a hostility standpoint, we recognize that um, that the majority of students stepping on university campuses today don't have a relationship with Christ. That's what statistics are telling us. Uh, and so we know that there's going to be a natural hostility uh, to the gospel just because it's going to be so anti the, the cultural values that are just being taught by the world today. And so from that standpoint, we, we recognize the positive of that, which is it is the, the, the most strategic and um, the most uh, yeah, just the most strategic mission field uh, on the face of the earth. Boy, it really is. Our college campuses, in many respects, have the future leadership uh, of our nation. 
And if we're not reaching them there at that point in their life, then then we're going to continue to see America uh, become uh, even more lost, not just spiritually, but all the things that are associated with lostness and the uh, separation from God uh, because of our sin. So, uh, in fact, talking about that, is there a story that comes to your mind about a particular student or college person where, where because of salvation and discipleship, there's been real life change, and, and uh, uh, you've seen God at work in that particular individual's life that you could share with us? We, we've actually, just this past August, had a student here in Florence um, who saw a flyer or uh, actually an announcement on the university calendar that there was going to be a house party that we were throwing here um, near the church. And uh, she and another friend decided that just on a whim, they had no other connection with us. They just saw it. They decided they were going to come. Uh, she and that friend showed up and had some kind of preconceived notion on what this this house party was going to be like, um, and it wasn't like what they thought at all. In reality, they were they were greeted by a bunch of their peers, um, engaged in uh, in friendship. Uh, some of those folks hung out with them uh, over the course of the next few weeks and just continued to invite them into our church. Um, and this young lady named Haley. Uh, ended up in a conversation with a coworker uh, of mine, myself, uh, on a random Thursday afternoon where she was just asking questions about the gospel. We were able to share the gospel with her, and she came to faith right there. And we've had multiple, multiple conversations with her uh, since then, where the Lord has just radically changed her life uh, in in the scope of the last uh, seven or eight months um, as we're walking with her now in this this discipleship and in, in this new life in Christ. So that's that's just one of the many that uh, that we we've, we've we've seen happen. Wow, that is certainly a different kind of house party and the kind that uh, colleges need more of. Uh, that's for sure. And that is all that we have time for today. But I hope you'll join us again next week for the rest of our conversation with Dr. John Brock and Alan Tate as we learn more about how local churches might plant new churches on the campuses of America's colleges and universities. You can find out more about their ministry by going to wellchurchnetwork.com. Again, that's wellchurchnetwork.com. And remember to type it as all one word. Well, I'm Brian Smith, thanking you for joining us. And I hope you'll tell others about the Star City Podcast so that they too can enjoy hearing stories about life, work, family, and faith. Have a blessed day. And remember to live it by His grace and always for his glory.